Okay, today we're happy to host how, on How I Scale My Team, the amazing Sharon Bahar, Chief People Officer at Melio, one of the fastest growing fintech unicorns offering B2B payment solution. Hey, Sharon, extremely happy to have you with us today. Um, Sharon has a vast background um, in very successful companies such as WeWork and Cisco before that. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that later. But Sharon, maybe as we get started, you can kind of give us a bit of background about yourself and about Melio and how you got into the role you're currently doing at Melio. Thank you so much, Shachar. I'm super happy to join you on this podcast and share a bit about my experience. So I joined Melio as Chief People Officer, a really exciting role, especially as we manage the cyber growth phase. Melio is a tech company that is building the infrastructure for moving money between businesses, focused mostly on SMB in the United States. With offices in New York, Denver, and Tel Aviv, we keep on raising the bar for both bringing the best talent and, of course, um, focusing on high quality of execution to help us continue to build this incredible company. So, Sharon, we talk a lot about, you know, how to, how to hire now talent uh, competition, but I think part of the um, a key function to organizational culture uh, is actually not just how you hire, but how and who you end up firing. Um, what's your thoughts about that? How do organizations cope with the need to let talent go? Yeah, you, you're touching, Shachar, a very touching, a very important and painful topic. Um, restructures are, are unfortunately inevitable. And at some point in company's life cycle, any organization might have to deal with terminations, separations, whether due to direction of the market, OPEX reduction, disinvestments in some areas, or, you know, just poor performance. And I always refer to these moments, moments that matter. Um, you know, moments that matter can be great moments in the company, in, in an individual's life cycle in a company or difficult moments. In this specific case, the moment is a very meaningful moment for both the employee that is impacted as well as the company. And I think, unfortunately, some organizations manage the process in a very cold manner. They do what they are legally required to do. But I've also seen a lot of other companies inserting humanity and heart into the process. And what I mean by that is doing what is legally required, obviously, but adding elements that may help the employee deal with the situation. Some examples might be the actual initial conversations and how they're managed and or supported in finding a new job in the market. And in some cases, I've even seen, you know, um, extension of health insurance, mental support, dealing with the situation and more examples um, that are out there. I think we do need to differentiate, though, you know, when you when you manage uh, termination due to poor performance, the really critical part here is to make sure this never comes by a surprise. I think, you know, providing feedback, making sure you 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 create a culture of feedback is important in any company and making sure that employees, you know, kind of understand where they stand and um and are, you know, clear with with what uh, with what's going on in, in their performance. I think also it really kind of um circles to the word authenticity to what you said, being authentic, being, you know, making sure that you know Whoever is working with each other, nothing is a surprise. Everything is on the table. Everything is talked. Um, so I can relate to that or I can I can see this. So, you know, you've been to Melio about five months now, right? Not five months? Exactly, yeah. Exactly okay. Right. So five months. And before less, that, uh, as you mentioned, and we all know, of course, head of people international at WeWork. So you have an immense experience in building a team yourself. And you know, I, I'm sure that our listeners and me and Shachal would really love to, for you to share a story, uh, a process you were personally involved in, in constructing and building a team yourself. Yeah. So um, 
I can probably share one, um, you know, generally speaking, at, uh, and, you know, from WeWork. And indeed, I joined WeWork and pretty early on, I had to build the people team. So first across EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East and Africa, and then across international, which um, was was new for me as well, dealing with, with that um, part of the world. The first thing that I did was really trying, I know I tried to understand the business strategy and priorities first and foremost, and identify the areas where we had a gap. Um, I have, you know, worked very closely with the team on defining the 2B organization, which is practically the organization design, the org chart of how, you know, the team should be structured in order to make sure we deliver the best support and partnership um, to the business. But it was also important for us to identify the skills we had in the organization um, to potentially give an opportunity for anyone internal. Um in time, I've hired some great leaders uh, who were then able to help me build the teams below them. So I'm a big fan of the practice of hiring people that are smarter and better than me in their domain. And, you know, throughout my experience, that really proved itself. And I always try to coach, you know, managers and leaders that I work with um, not to be not, not to be afraid of, of actually, you know, hiring people that are better than them. Um, it makes everyone's life easier and obviously helps the organization scale um, faster. I also strongly believe in diversity in all aspects of diversity. So gender, as well as diverse backgrounds and even diverse personalities. Um, I believe differences can bring so much added value. And the base to it all, of course, is making sure you build a team that can work seamlessly together in you know, strong collaboration. That doesn't mean that there won't be challenges, disagreements, um, et cetera. But the fact that the foundation of trust can be strong. And if that's the case, I believe the sky is the limit. So I personally love taking chances on people I believe in, um, and I know that m might have great potential. And I have, I've had a few cases in my career as a leader where I knew that if I throw an individual into the water, which I know at the time that meant that they, they don't necessarily come with the exact level of experience or education, ed educational background for a certain role, but I did sense that they have the you know ability to learn fast and to integrate into that specific opportunity and role. And to be honest, in all of these cases turned out to be a very successful decisions. And um, I believe, you know, this, this is a win-win. So yeah, just uh, always exciting to build teams. You spoke about your career path and I want to pause for a moment um, on the subject of career path and, and ponder on it together. Um, how do you create a career path when, you know, most of the company's employees today are probably uh, young millennials or Gen Z. Um, as we all know, uh, they might stay for only a year. The average is about two years. Um, you know, a recent survey uh, in the United States said that 45% of high schoolers said they will never stick to a steady job. Mm -hmm. um, how does that impact the company? How does it impact retention? How does it impact culture? That's a really hot topic uh, that you're touching, Shachar. And indeed, the global tenure in a lot of these tech companies today is around two years. I believe it went down from 2.8 years in recent years. So that's what, you know, that's what's the reality today. And that's what companies are facing by the way, I'm not necessarily convinced it's it's just a generational challenge. Um, I think it really is the reality of today's world of work. Yeah, no, no one anymore, no one anymore today, um, like you and myself, are, I didn't stick 17 years at the same company, but I did work for five years at the same company. Um, it's very rare to see that today. That's totally correct. And, and you know, obviously work, um, the world of work, our life and technology are changing faster than our ability to catch up. And um, I believe agility and adaptability are key skills that we all need to develop and nurture as individuals. And as you know, we see this reality of, of um, 
you know, uh, the, the, the curiosity of people moving into new opportunities in, in less than, you know, two, two years of approximately. But this also means companies need to invest in employees learning opportunities, you know, such as on the job learning, maybe um, learning from each other. And of course, internal as well as external learning meth- methods. And really, you know, I think every company should create a learning culture in an organization. I think it's crucial today more than ever before. Um You know, winning is being ready to deal with the unknown and great companies are those that create those learning moments for their teams. Some companies I've, I've seen um, encourage their employees to move into a new role after two years because they, they obviously understand that, you know, it is better for their employees to move internally into a new role in two years rather than losing them for a competitor or for, you know, an external company. I'm not, I'm not saying this is the absolute answer, but I do think organizations are really need to be creative and offer internal possibilities and develop internal learning moments and really invest in in learning and development um, and and what I'm what I mean by that is not just the trainings per se but really developing a culture of learning what are some key actually management tools or abilities to have in order to actually create and scale such winning teams so winning teams definition might vary obviously but in my opinion My opinion, winning teams are those that, you know, first and foremost, as I said before, have an incredibly strong foundation of trust. Obviously, when that is the case, then individuals within the team feel they have a safe space where they can truly be authentic and even, you know, disagree and commit, commit when dealing with challenges. Um, winning teams in today's environment, which we all know is constantly changing, um, and that's what we're facing in today's world, are changing. You know teams that are able to adapt quickly to market trends and also you know to macro and micro changing environments and collaborate efficiency I think that every leader should do their very best to build that winning team spirit it is practically an art in my opinion and requires a lot of attention to details and obviously soft skills some of those abilities or capabilities um, that are required are really understanding that you As a leader, you might have to manage individuals in a team a bit differently. People from, you know, we talked about diversity and inclusion. People come from different backgrounds, different styles. Some might need hand-in-hand support. Some might actually be much more independent in their style. I think, you know, just it's important to emphasize that the command and control style of management is no longer appreciated in most uh, cultures and understanding how to get things done and at the same time creating a positive environment is key to every management situation how do you create that, I, that trust the, environment Sharon how do you create that trust environment yeah so I think strong leaders are those who are authentic they have a clear way of sharing the business direction on one hand so the strategy the goals uh, the mission the vision and at the same time they feel comfortable showing their vulnerability it makes them you be seen as human and studies do show by the way that people follow leaders that have these strong qualities so being very authentic on one hand you know being clear on the business direct uh, direction but also being human showing vulnerability uh, I believe if you role model as a leader these these capabilities these qualities um, and you know your people will follow and they will see that as a role you know role modeling and and probably follow this these these type of behaviors and This is also where people team in the people team role comes to play partnering with leaders and managers at all levels in the company as they build their teams and making sure that they have what they need from every aspect you know training coaching as well as organization design support and I wonder um, you know being um, uh, 
75 born. I've been in the industry for about 20 years. And one of the things that I remember um, very vividly uh, throughout my career is that concept of uh, performance reviews and the subject of performance reviews, you know. Um, I don't know how you feel about, you know, pros and cons. How do you deal with uh, performance reviews, compensation? Um, you know, I remember that nightmare, that time of the year when you have to fill in performance reviews for your entire team. Doesn't matter which way you have to do it, whether it's workday or success factor. Um, it's all a pretty shitty experience. Um, how, how do you how do you manage? How do you get people to perform? Um, you know, over the years, I, I developed my own attitude. I think performance is something that you kind of give feedback ongoing and not because someone in HR or management decided that you have to do it every February, but it's something that you're constantly um, have a culture of uh, performance, improvement, excellence. Um, how do you think about that? Mm-hmm. So first of all, um, I am a pro in general. Um, I do believe we all need and we all want to know where we stand in terms of performance. Um, feedback is super critical for many. Um, in fact, from my experience, which was very interesting, no matter what level you are in the organization, um, you always want to receive honest feedback. I remember a conversation I had with a very, very senior leader at some point at Cisco. And, um, you know, I was, he was, he actually said, you know, everyone's following this performance review. I didn't even get that conversation with my, you know, executive VP. And I sat there and I was quite surprised Said, oh my gosh, the senior leader actually needs that feedback. And it doesn't matter what level you are in the organization. People need feedback. People need to understand what, you know, where they're strong at and where their development opportunities are and how they're doing and, you know, how can they improve and and just have that conversation. So I, you know, I do think it's therefore the best way to manage this is, is through a clear process, depending on the, on the company culture, of course, and the value I think the performance review process can be as light or as heavy. It really depends on the company. Um, I personally prefer lighter versions, um, lighter versions that tie to the leadership principles that a company creates, as well as competencies that are, you know, uh, developed in an organization and are defined and shared um, in a transparent way. As to, you know, compensation in general, um, I believe that compensation should be tied to performance and what we call pay for performance is probably the right way to do that. So you want to make sure you differentiate um, and it's not a peanut butter approach um, to each and every individual in the organization. That's that's kind of my two cents. Awesome. Thank you. Um, you know, if you, if you look at your challenges today, I mean, you're uh, four or five months into uh, Melio. Um, you know, what would you like to accomplish over the, you know, your first year, seven months from now, looking back and kind of saying, hey, you know, made a significant difference. What What's your biggest challenge and what would you like to look back at? <laughs> Thanks for the question, Shachar. My biggest challenge today, um, I think it's being part of the team that is building the aircraft while flying it. Um, and that is probably the reality in every hyper-growth company. And what I mean by that is making sure that we continue to build the foundations of the company while also driving the hyper-growth and dealing successfully with the day-to-day. And that is quite a big challenge, um, to be honest with you. I will be very happy if in a year we have been successful in building internally and acquiring the right level you know, of expertise within the different HR fields, um, such as learning and development that we've discussed, total rewards and more. Um, I will be even you know, more happy to have been able to make an impact not only within the people team, but all actually on the business as well. And I think that's that's part of what I'm trying to do right now, really understanding our challenges, um, understanding the, 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 you know, the direction we're going and making sure that we all, in a way, as leaders and managers, really put on um, 
a very general hat on, meaning that you're, we don't just function and think in a siloed approach around our own, um, you know, function, but actually think, you know, as true leaders, I believe should, um, in the interest of the entire company and the business. Listening to you, uh, I have a good feeling you'll make an impact on the business throughout mm-hmm. the next year. Um, and I love the aircraft analogy. I used to say when uh, I worked at smaller companies, well, not smaller than what we currently have at Stowe, mm-hmm. but generally smaller companies, is that mm-hmm. it's like um, you know restructuring the airplane while in the middle of a dogfight, not just flying. So it's uh, <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. Um, Sean, so, you know, it's actually last question and time flew by and uh, it was very, very insightful. And it's actually a question we're going to ask all our interviewers um, to go back to a moment, um, going back to a process of building a team and actually asking what would you have done differently? It's very easy to, you know, to talk about, you know, success and, and the things we've done right and what we grew and, and you know, to actually to something you have done differently or changed? And if you have an insight to share with us, it would be it would be great. That's a good question. I'm not sure I have one specific example, but if I went back in time, um, I probably would have advised Shalon to make sure not only to comp- not to compromise on talent and sometimes, you know, running a bit slower creates the ability to enjoy the ride and scale even faster. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're all really extremely busy in our day to day. We're running fast. We take decisions fast. Um, we're facing, you know, an incredible opportunity ahead of us. And I think we need to make sure that um, we take care of each other, make sure that our, you know, teams in the company feel supported um, and that feel that they have what they need to perform, you know, at their you know, best way. And enjoy the ride because this is what it's all about at the end. It really is about the journey. And this is a hell of a journey and an incredible one. Um, and I think we should all, you know, just have the ability to pause for a second from time to time. I'm not saying slowing down. I'm just saying pause for a second, take a deep breath, appreciate the journey and, um, and continue and focus on the future. That's probably my two cents. <laughs> Sharon, thank you so much for uh, being with, with us. It was great having you. Um, thank you to all our listeners. Please follow us and find new episodes on YouTube and our website. Romy and myself are already excited for our next coming episode of How I Scale My Team. Romy, thanks again for being here with me. Thank you, Shachar, and thanks a lot, Sharon. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Romy and Shachar. I truly enjoyed this, and I wish you both great success. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks. Thanks.